Hello, you are listening to Maghreb in Past and Present Podcasts, a space dedicated to history, art, culture, politics, sociology, anthropology, and many other subjects. This episode is part of the Modern Art in the Maghreb series and was recorded on February 7th, 2021. In this episode, Dr. Katarzyna Falenska, KEYORC Project Coordinator and Postdoctoral Humanities Fellow at the Centre d'études Maghrebina Tunis CEMAT, interviews Dr. Przemysław Strojek, Assistant Professor at the Art Institute of the Polish Academy of Sciences in Warsaw, Poland, about his research on Ahmad Cherkawi in Warsaw, Polish-Moroccan Artistic Relations during the Cold War, 1955-1980. To see related slides, please visit our website, www.themagrippodcast.com. Welcome to our Modern Art in the Maghrib series, which includes conversations with scholars, curators, and artists on histories of modern art in North Africa. The podcasts are recorded by the American Institute for Maghreb Studies Overseas Research Centers and explore regional art histories that remain marginalized within the global canon. This is part of a larger Council of American Overseas Research Centers program financed by the Andrew Mellon Foundation, that seeks to collaborate with local institutions for a greater awareness of art historical research in North Africa. I'm Katarzyna Falenska, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Przemysław Strojek about artistic exchanges between North Africa and Eastern Europe during the Cold War. In 2020, together with Sara Laniawi, you co-curated the exhibition Ahmad Sharkawi in Warsaw, Polish-Moroccan Artistic Relations During the Cold War, 1955-1980, at the Zahenta National Art Gallery in Warsaw. By focusing on the multiple encounters between artists from Poland and Morocco in the 1950s, 1960s, and 1970s, you showed how alliances between the Soviet bloc and Africa played out on a cultural level during the Cold War. This was really a groundbreaking exhibition as art history still uses the nation as its primary framework for the study of art, creating national schools of art as a result. But this leads to a downplaying of trans-regional cultural networks and the transfer of knowledge across borders. Can you tell our listeners what were some of the contexts in which Polish and Moroccan artists met? When it comes to the Cold War, like the Cold War history, uh, it's important to uh, look at this uh, as a kind of a geopolitical uh, Cold War, as a, a Cold War period, as a kind of uh, also geopolitical construct, because um, the world was kind of divided into three worlds. We can we can say uh, after the uh, Second World War, like um, the capitalist Western world, uh, including the United States and Western Europe. Uh, the second world, which was um, Soviet Union and Eastern Europe and China, so all countries which were uh, communist. And the third world, which was uh, like the biggest world from all, all of them. Uh, it was, of course, um, Latin America, Africa and Asia. So like the three continents, uh, which were very much uh, dependent on that time on from the first world after the second world war so when all the the colonization process started those three worlds africa Latin, especially africa and and asia 
were a kind of a place where global conflicts played um, a major role. So, uh, for example, um, the Soviet Union uh, was supporting the, the colonization processes in Africa, especially because uh, most of the countries in Africa were colonized by Western uh, European countries. And it, it was a kind of a battleground, uh, especially in the 1950s and in the 1960s, uh, when uh, most of the African uh, countries wanted to create their, their own independent countries. So um, the Soviet Union supported, and all the Eastern European countries, which were controlled by the Soviet Union, they supported the, uh, those, the, the colonization processes, uh, because it was a fight against the Western imperialism and Western capitalism, which was use, using uh, like African countries. That's why uh, I think it was this kind of is a very important background when we think about the cultural exchanges between the second world and the third world. Because the second world countries like Soviet Union, Poland, Czechoslovakia, Hungary, they were supporting all those decolonization movements and also uh, started to support young people from those countries, from African countries especially, but also from Asian countries uh, to uh, study and to be trained at the academies and universities in, in the second world countries, so in Eastern Europe and in Soviet Union. So uh, this, is, this is for sure a, a, an important context. Um, and as far as I was researching the presence of Moroccan uh, students, art students in, in Poland, uh, I came across uh, an information that uh, this government exchange programs between Poland and African countries started in 1961. So, uh, which I think it's interesting and important to know that uh, Ahmed Sherkawi, who came to Warsaw in 1960, so in October, he was not, he couldn't be a part of this exchange program. So he he needed to come to Poland on a, in a different way. And uh, he had a very important contacts with the Moroccan Labor Union, uh, and especially the main secretary, Majrub Ben Sadik. And um, thanks to his recommendation, he came to Warsaw. So uh, this is uh, not that he came for the uh, Polish-Moroccan exchange uh, government exchange program. Why was Sharkari interested in coming to Poland um, to study art in Warsaw? Other Moroccan artists, including the late Mohamed Melehi, chose other capitals, um, in, predominantly in Western Europe. This is, this is a very good question. Um, I mean, Ahmed Sharkawi already studied in Paris before coming to Warsaw, so he already knew the Parisian environment, and uh, he was trained in Paris at, at Art Academy there. Uh, but I, th uh, I think it was also during that time uh, when he was in Paris in 1959 that uh, an exhibition took place in uh, the Nice Rene Gallery, which was about the Polish uh, abstract art. The, it was the the name of the exhibition was the precursor of Polish abstract art, uh, where uh, 
the name of Hendrik Starzewski uh, was uh, commented very widely in Paris. I don't know if this was the reason <laughs> why he has chosen Poland, but most probably when he was in Paris in 1959, he could see this exhibition uh, in Denis René uh, Gallery. In the, in the French capital. Uh, the reasons why uh, Charcaille wanted to come to Poland for me are kind of not known because uh, he studied uh, painting in, um, in Paris, but when he came to Warsaw, he was enrolled at the graphic uh, faculty uh, headed by Henryk Tomaszewski. Henryk Tomaszewski who was uh, the dean of the graphic a faculty in, in at the Warsaw Arts Academy, and he was really wo worldwide known. Maybe Sharkawi also knew about him before, uh, but I couldn't find the real reason why he came to Poland. Uh, maybe he wanted to just experience something what is what is different than uh, he experienced in Paris when he was uh, by the end of 1950s there. Other thing might be because he was uh, close to a Moroccan labor union that uh, he that it was a political reason that he wanted to experience how it is in the communist country and uh, Poland uh, was artistically artistically very known still as a, as a kind of important place for for artists so this might be a reason and uh, for example I. I also suppose that, like, because he was close to Marjub Ben Sedik, this uh, secret, the general secretary of Moroccan Labour Union, that Ben Sedik had a good contact with Poland. And uh, I assume that because of that, he could have helped him to, to find a fellowship for a year, especially because we think about 1950. 1959, 1960, and 1959 was the year when Poland and Morocco officially started diplomatic relations. As Morocco was independent since 1956, uh, 1959, like those uh, diplomatic relations uh, started, and uh, maybe it was a very important also to you know, that like Sharkawi as a Moroccan, uh, as a Moroccan could go and uh, be the first student at the Warsaw Art Academy. I mean, Sharkawi was not the first Moroccan artist who came to Poland because in uh, already in 1955, uh, Farid Belkahia came to Poland um, as a young uh, painter and sportsman. I think it's also very important to know because Belkahia, when he was young, he still didn't know if he will be an artist or he will be uh, an athlete and he came to Warsaw for the fifth world uh, festival uh, in August 1955 and uh, not only as a painter but also as a sportsman because he was running side by side with a famous uh, Emil Zatopek, the Czechoslovakian Olympic gold medalist from from Helsinki from 1952. So um, I think uh, also Farid was, I, I assumed, was so fascinated about Poland and about this propaganda uh, manifestation of uh, Eastern European countries which were supporting uh, the colonization and uh, fight against imperialism. Uh, that uh, I think it, it is also my suspicion that because of that he wanted also to go to Eastern Europe to study there at Art Academy. But he has chosen not Poland, but Czechoslovakia and went there in 1959.
So actually, it's I think it's very interesting to see because Ahmed Sharkawi and Farid Belkahia, they are the pioneers of, of modern Moroccan art. They both came to Eastern Europe around the same time. I also went to Prague to check the Art Academy there and uh, the exact date when Farid Belkahia was studying. So he was studying from the February 1960 to uh, December 1960, so only one year. And uh, Sharkawi was studying in Warsaw from October 1960 to July 1961. So around the same time, they were both they were both there, and they were both uh, good connected with uh, Magdur Ben Sedik. In what ways then did Ahmed Sharkawi's stay in Warsaw shape his artistic practice? Ahmed Sharkawi came to Warsaw when he already uh, graduated in, in Paris in uh, at the, the academy there. Uh, so uh, he was already nine, uh, 26, 27 years old. So he was already a trained artist. I tried to reconstruct his uh, sojourn in, in Poland. I mean, it was not uh, easy because Ahmed Sherkai was not known that time at all. He was a student and, <laughs> and uh, he was not an acclaimed artist. No one knew about him. Uh, he only exhibited once uh, in Paris and that's it. So um, he came to Warsaw as an unknown artist, for sure. I think this is important to underline. And as a student also. Uh, and uh, he was, uh, as, I, as I mentioned, he was trained at the graphic um, faculty. But under the Henrik Tomaszewski. But what was interesting about his sojourn in, in Warsaw, which I tried uh, to reconstruct, uh, is that he met only acclaimed artists, uh, like who were around 60 or 70 years old. When we think about now, like the, the art student is coming to another place and is encountering only primarily the acclaimed artists who are Two generations older than him. I think it's also interesting to uh, to look at it from this position that he got very soon in the contact with the most prominent Polish artists, including uh, Henryk Tomaszewski, Erna Rosenstein, Alfred Lenica, Aleksander Rafałowski, uh, Henryk Starzewski and Aleksander Rafałowski. They formed Polish avant-garde in the 1920s, so 40 years before uh, Ahmed Sherkawi came to Warsaw. So um, they were very acclaimed uh, artists and also they were uh, very well connected and like the major important artistic experimental environment at that time uh, because they also were a part of a Krzywe Koło gallery, the Crooked Circle, which was um, a gallery in the old town and uh, it presented the newest trends in, in avant-garde. And uh, I'm sure that like, thanks to the contacts uh, Ahmed Sharkawi had with Henryk Starzewski, uh, he could exhibit, it, exhibit in this uh, gallery in 1969 by the end of his fellowship uh, in Warsaw. The reconstruction of his uh, sojourn was, was not, not easy because also there is no briefcase of Ahmed Sharkawi in the archive of the Arts Academy. There is only a briefcase, but it's empty. <laughs> It's nothing inside. It's only um, it's only a date where he arrived. Uh, I mean, like October 1960, and 
1961, but uh, nothing is in sight. Uh, this is also because of uh, he was only a one-year fellow. I think if he would be enrolled at the art academy like Mustafa Hafid and other uh, artists, uh, he would have his briefcase maybe more properly <laughs> done. So um, the, that's why it was like really difficult to, to kind of reconstruct his sojourn. So the, a lot of, but a lot of photographs survived. And uh, the very, very important uh, Polish photojournalist, uh, Irena Jarosińska, she was photographing uh, the life in Warsaw in the 1950s and 1960s. She did a lot of, a lot of photographs of Ahmed Sherkawi with, um, of him when he was creating his artwork in his uh, studio or and with Polish uh, artistic circles. So thanks to those photographs, we could kind of reconstruct who he met and with whom he was in the contact, what kind of artworks he also created because uh, in, uh, in those photographs, we can see a lot of artworks he created for the Krzyzakowo Gallery exhibition. So it was kind of a work to, to put them together. I also contacted, um, thanks to Sarah Laniawi and uh, uh, Nurdin Sherkawi, the son of um, Ahmed Sherkawi. We came uh, to his place, to Paris together, and uh, he also showed us uh, photographs of uh, Sherkawi in Warsaw and also a sketchbook. Which I've, which we found, we found really amazing because the sketchbook uh, was started in Poland, and he started to to make the sketchbook in in Warsaw. Uh, and there, there are sketches, for example, where he's using a Polish name, or like where he started really to think a lot about uh, his uh, Berber roots and like Berber signs and. He really started uh, when he was in Warsaw, when he was so far away from Morocco and also far away from Paris. I think maybe it was also the reason why he started to create his own style, mixing abstract modern art, abstract European modern art, together with, with Berber, symbol Berber symbolics and, uh, and science. So this is... Um, also, I think important to know that like he started that uh, especially in Warsaw and the sketchbook and uh, is the proof of that for sure. And also some of the artworks he exhibited at the Krzyzakowo Gallery in June uh, 1961. We also tried to, to figure out uh, what kind of uh, artworks he did in Warsaw. And this is uh, actually easy to uh, of defined by his signature when uh, a painting was created in Warsaw he also put the letter W actually those paintings those uh, works were created in Warsaw and most of them I mean primarily uh, work his primary works were made uh, by using the jute as a material and it was in line with the matter painting uh, that time which was a very important artistic phenomenon by the end of the 1950s, beginning of the 1960s. And actually, Krzyzakowo Gallery, where he exhibited, it was a kind of a Polish center of matter painting. So maybe it was also a kind of important relation of, like to his, to his uh, use of uh, jute uh, material. 
I mean, the artists uh, who, who he met, like, uh, for example, Henryk Starzewski, like, uh, the idea of uh, abstract art by Starzewski was totally different than this by Ahmed Sharkawi, because Sharkawi was more a lyrical abstractionist, we can say, because uh, he was uh, very much like his paintings and his artworks were very much grounded in natural environment or cultural environment, because the titles, they resemble uh, the name of the operas, the name of the um, theater um, pieces, the name of music, um, for example, Chopin music, as well as uh, Warsaw parks and uh, flora. We can clearly see that uh, in his paintings and in, in, his, in his artworks. But whereas uh, Henryk Starzewski, he was very uh, strict uh, geometric abstractionist so here we have a very like it's 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 not uh, it's totally opposition of what actually Sharkaw was doing and so he was uh, Starzewski was much more fascinated about the question of form about mechanical form he was he was using this idea very very often and he was also titling his artworks as white relief uh, gray relief so like the titles they didn't connotate anything with the natural world. I mean, environment, natural natural environment, uh, as it was, for example, in case of Sharkawi. I mean, there are like one or two pieces which could have been a kind of a homage to, to Starzewski. This is the red square. And it kind of, uh, it's a piece which could be a kind of a homage to um, suprematist avant-garde from the 1920s because actually Kazimierz Malevich was a Ukrainian of Polish parents and uh, he was also Polish, regarded as Polish um, in the 1920s. Uh, he was uh, together with Henryk Starzewski and Starzewski was very much influenced by, by Malevich. And actually uh, the exhibition in 1959 in Denis Renat in Paris about the precursor of Polish uh, abstract art, uh, Kazimierz Malewicz was there as a Polish artist. So I kind of think that like this might be also interesting context, for example, to to analyze the red square like this this actual painting. Like one of the most uh, striking uh, works which uh, Sherkawi did, in my opinion, is the self-portrait in tears. Because he, he was creating artworks which were more abstract, but this piece is more figu figural. It's like between abstract and figuration. And it shows a face or a mask. Also, we need to think about the context that uh, 1961, uh, the Moroccan King Hassan II came to the throne. And it was actually, I think, in April 1961, who kind of started to impose more like Arabic uh, policy and uh, Ahmed Sharkayu whose uh, who's mother was, was Berber I think this might be kind of interesting to maybe also contextualize uh, much more so uh, this for sure for example this piece uh, shows that like there's not much influence of, Pol of Polish art on that but 
for sure his I, I i suppose that like his meetings with with henrik stajewski and like the, they for they talked for sure a lot about abstractionism and abstract art this might be very influential for him and uh thanks to stajewski he uh, he got in contact with jean clarence lambert who was a very important art critic in paris and uh it was stajewski who contacted both of them and when uh, Sherkawi came back from his uh, uh, fellowship in Warsaw and uh, he went back to Paris, he immediately uh, met Jean-Claude Lambert, who was a kind of uh, entry uh, personality who helped him to, to gain a, a big success in Paris. So I think that also that uh, that Sharkawi's stay uh, and his the contacts he did in Warsaw were important for him to gain a success in France later on. We've spoken a lot about Ahmad Sharkawi and his stay in Warsaw, but your exhibition made it very clear that there were also other artists as well as filmmakers who arrived to Poland in the 1960s as well as in the 1970s. Could you give our listeners a sense of what their experiences in Poland were like? Uh, yes, of course, because uh, at the beginning uh, of this exhibition and of this project, uh, we wanted to only reconstruct the Ahmed Sherkawi uh, stay in Warsaw. And we didn't realize uh, that there were so many Moroccan students uh, in Poland. So the, at the beginning, we, we only wanted to reconstruct it. Uh, stay in Poland, uh, but then we met uh, Nurdin Sherkawi, his uh, son, who contacted us with uh, Mohamed uh, Malehi, and uh, the, the conversation we had with Mohamed Malehi was very kind of a groundbreaking, because he um, has um, told us about some other artists, uh, especially filmmakers, uh, Mustafa Derkawi and Abdel Derkawi, who studied at the Łódź uh, Film School of Art. He told us about Aziz Sayed, about Mustafa Hafid, uh, and uh, also uh, we, uh, we met uh, Tomek Kawiak, who is an art Polish artist uh, living in um, Tanger. And uh, he actually uh, created an exhibition together with Beata Burkhard Polinska and the Polish uh, embassy in Rabat. They created an exhibition uh, which, about Polish-Moroccan uh, relations. So they showed also some artists uh, who, who were trained uh, in Warsaw, for example, Aziz Sayed, who was, uh, who was enrolled at the Kraków Arts Academy in the 1960s. So, Though, like, thanks to Tomek Kawiak and to uh, Mohamed Malehi, we had kind of a new vision about uh, that we would like to extend this project and not only focus on Ahmed Sharkawi, but also on other artists. So this, this project will be more compact and more complex. So um, I contacted uh, Mustafa Hafid and Anna Draus Hafid, uh, who who were uh, at the Arts uh, Warsaw Arts Academy. They met there. I mean, actually, Mustafa Hafid came right after Ahmed Sherkawi to Warsaw in 1961. Uh, he had to choose between Paris, uh, Moscow, and Warsaw, but he decided to go 
on the path like Ahmed Sherkawi. <laughs> and uh, we talked uh, with him uh, and with uh, Anna Draus Hafid, and they started also to talk uh, about uh, their experiences in Warsaw and later on in, in Casablanca, because after 1968, they migrated to Casablanca. I mean, Mustafa Hafid came back to Casablanca, but Anna Draus Hafid, as his wife, she came in, uh, to, uh, to Casablanca as well. So uh, it was like this research, because it's not so, not, not many written materials uh, are available, actually, when it comes to the presence of Moroccan uh, students in Poland. This was more kind of an oral history when we think about it, like just to meet people, to talk with them and to ask questions. Uh, and thanks to, to their knowledge, we could kind of try to, uh, to explore uh, all those topics more. And um, next to uh, Mustafa Hafid, who came to Warsaw, there were two other Moroccans, um, Najib Kalduni, who we met also in, in Warsaw, Azdin Duyab, uh, who we met by a telephone. And uh, we also had uh, a very good conversation on the phone with Aziz Sayed, who was uh, at the Arts Academy in Krakow. So thanks to all those stories they shared with us, we, we could kind of try to uh, locate our project. And uh, also, it is important very, and I think I would like to underline it here very clearly, that uh, all the, the, the interviews uh, I had, it was in, in Polish language. So Mustafa Hafid, Aziz Sayed, Najib Kalduni and Azim Duyab, they all speak uh, Polish very, very well. And this is because they were all trained uh, at the... Uh, they all had to have a Polish course when they were in Poland by the mid 1960s in Łódź. And Łódź was a kind of, uh, it was described as a Tower of Babel uh, because all the uh, students from all over the world needed to come to Łódź from different cities in Poland. And they uh, had a, cor a Polish course over there. And I think it was also a very important meeting point for for the Moroccans um, and also other um, uh, art students, uh, because in Łódź, the Krakow-based uh, Sayed, Warsaw-based Kalduni and Hafid, and Łódź-based uh, students of the, at the film school could actually meet. And they all knew, know each other. They all know each other. They, even after they came back to Morocco by the beginning of the 1970s, they all knew each other and they met. They still are in contact. So I, I found it also very important and also very like emotionally very very interesting. So when it comes to the to to artists, so there were artists trained at the Warsaw Arts Academy and Krakow Arts Academy. But we cannot also forget about the, those uh, who, students who were studying at the Łódź Film Art School. I mean, this is the topic which is researched by Lea Morin from, from France. And she recently curated a very interesting um, and important exhibition in Marrakesh uh, about the Moroccan filmmakers trained in Poland. 
And uh, it was also uh, part of our exhibition because we also wanted to expand uh, our project not only in the field of painting uh, or graphic design, but also include the Polish-Moroccan artistic relations in other media and uh, to show the uh, students' attitudes of um, filmmakers uh, from Wuch uh, in, in our exhibition. I think like a kind of a discovery which, which I found very important related to this project was the personality of Abdelkader Lakta. And uh, he, was, he was trained at the uh, Wuch Film School. But after he graduated, he got in touch with a very experimental neo-avant-garde circus in Wuch, the Address Gallery and El Apartum. And then later on in Warsaw with uh, Andrzej Parton, uh, the poetry office. And uh, thanks to those contacts, he was uh, actually uh, very much involved in conceptual practices. And recently I, I have written a, an article about uh, like contextualizing uh, Abdelkader Lakta's conceptual <laughs> practices in the context of African conceptualism and Eastern European conceptualism. And I think it's very interesting to show that Abdelkader Lakta, who was a Moroccan, uh, he, uh, and he collaborated with Eva Parton and Andrzej Parton, he is much more in the field of Eastern European conceptualism. And also he exhibited or was intended to exhibit, for example, in Buenos Aires as a Polish artist. And uh, in Canada, in Calgary, in a conceptual exhibition, he was supposed to, he, he exhibited as a Polish artist. So uh, here, this kind of nation affiliation, like, was not important. And for example, by the, on the list of participants of, of the poetry office in Warsaw, he was listed as Moroccan. So, and um, we cannot also uh, forget about the importance of the of the magazine Souffle, which is like right now, I think everything already has been <laughs> written about this magazine. There are so many articles and books uh, around this magazine. But uh, we also need to remember that uh, Lacta uh, was uh, contributing his poems to this magazine while he was in Wuch and the magazine edited by Abdel Latif Labi, it was sent uh, actually from Morocco to Wuch to, to Lakta and uh, Lakta also sent his poems from Wuch to Raba to be published there. But uh, after the 1971, 1972, uh, when Labi was jailed, Lakta moved kind of out from the social engaged poetry and was much more interested in linguistic conceptual experiments. And as far as I tried to do a kind of a research on the topic, he might be even regarded as the first concrete poet from African continent and the concrete poetry uh, he wrote in, the, in Warsaw uh, are at this testimony of that. And, but it's, it was also a very uh, important archival research because uh, he, we found his briefcase in, in the archives of the poetry office in Warsaw, in the archive of Andrzej Partun. They were never published, those um, concrete poems. 
And uh, he also has written uh, manifestos, new avant-garde manifestos, which I found also very important and interesting. So, yeah, coming back uh, to the question, uh, we, yes, we started with Ahmed Sherkawi, but we didn't know that we will like discover so many important links between Poland and Morocco. Of course, we are talking about the Moroccan artists in Poland, but I think it's also very important to talk about Polish artists in Morocco. There were some Polish artists in Morocco, for example, just to travel there. Bogdan Kieszkowski from the Krzywokoło Gallery Circle, he traveled to Morocco, but he was not in touch with artistic environment there. Of course, Anna Draus Hafid uh, went to Morocco with her husband and uh, she created the textile faculty over there at the Casablanca Art School. And the main, um, I think, context here about like Polish artists coming to Morocco beyond, of course, Anna Draus Hafid uh, was uh, Roman Artemowski, who was a very known uh, artist and teacher and professor in, in Iraq uh, before. Uh, and uh, actually in 1974, during the Baghdad Biennale, he met Mohamed Melehi, Roman Artemowski and Mohamed Melehi, they met. We talked with Mohamed Melehi and he told us that he was really fascinated about Roman Artemowski works and he invited him to create the graphic design studio in Asila in 1978, which was a very important project for Morocco to revive the city and to link the artistic practice with local uh, society. And Roman Artemowski went there and uh, created also there some pieces. Two of them are entitled actually Asila, and we have contacted the son of uh, Roman Artemowski and Daniel Artemowski, and he had those, uh, those aquatins in, in his collection. So we could also exhibit them. And uh, Mohamed Malehi provided us with photos showing Roman Artemowski at work in, in Asila uh, when he was creating this graphic, graphic faculty. So um, when we think about the Polish presence in, in Morocco, there are two important names, Anna Draus Hafid and, and Roman Artemowski. And it was also a kind of ending point, finishing point, end of our project and exhibition. It was the traveling exhibition from sent from Warsaw to Casablanca and Rabat in 1979 of Polish uh, modern paintings. And it was exhibited in Casablanca and in um, in Rabat, and it showed, it was organized by, by a Zahenta curator, so from the place where we actually created our exhibition, and Teresa Sowinska, and it was also a very important encounter of Polish modern painting for Moroccan public in Casablanca and Rabat. And you trace these um, artistic exchanges between Polish and Moroccan artists from the 1950s to the late 1970s. But I wonder how did these relations and exchanges look in the 1980s? Did they stall? Did they continue? What was the development there? Uh, I mean, we decided to finish our project within, with this exhibition, crowning point, <laughs> point of uh, Polish-Moroccan artistic relations with this exhibition of, of Polish modern painting in Casablanca and Rabat in 1979. 
we decided not to, to continue the 1980s and 1990s. Also, it is important uh, to know about the political background of the 1980s, that there was a huge uh, revolt against the Polish People's Republic, the Solidarność movement, of course, and um, Poland was a kind of a really a battleground at that time. Also the martial law, the, all the political revolts, uh, which like in this context, uh, I mean, I tried, I, I made some attempts of the research in this decade, but I couldn't find much more. And I also asked Mustafa Hafid, uh, as he said, was there something in the 1980s? They told us, no, no, like we cannot memorize anything. Uh, but uh, of course, this is, a, I think, a task for uh, another scholars or for another project of us to trace uh, those uh, contacts from the 1980s until today, because for sure the Polish-Moroccan artistic relations, I mean, did, did not stop. Thank you so much, Przemysław, for shedding light on these fascinating histories of artistic exchanges between Poland and Morocco during the Cold War, which certainly encourages us to think of modern art as shaped by trans-regional relations and alliances. So thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Maghreb in Past and Present podcast. To see related slides, please visit our webpage www.themagrebpodcast.com. Other episodes are available on our website, www.themagrepodcast.com, as well as on iTunes and Podbean. For more information on our podcast, like our Facebook page, Maghreb in Past and Present Podcast, subscribe to the CMAT newsletter at www.cmatmagreb.org, or visit the webpage of the American Institute for Maghreb Studies. See you soon for new episodes.